Stop. Hamner time. That's right. This week's guest, last year's Elite Series Rookie of the Year, Bridesmaid and Bassmaster Classic Qualifier, Justin Hamner on... I'm Bob Cobb for the Bassmaster. Welcome to Mercer. Here we go. Let's get strapped in and get ready because it is once again Wednesday, the middle of the week. Happy hump day. Hard to believe it is November already. Unbelievable. This is our first show in November. And before we go any further, I got to thank all of you. Unbelievable. We have passed 65,000 YouTube subscribers. When we started this podcast that I do by myself, we had 35,000 followers. So in the short, you know, whatever, 30 weeks it has been, not that that's that short. I mean, that's a while. We've added 30,000 followers to YouTube. Thank you very, very much. I mean, a lot of people talk and a lot of people say things. But you guys did your talking with the subs, and we have uh, 65,000 YouTube followers. So keep it going if you aren't already following or whatever area you listen to this podcast. We thank you for that. I honestly thank you. Um, but it is Wednesday, um, and we're going to do a podcast like we do all the time. It is not just Wednesday. It is World Jellyfish Day. That's right. So... Uh, Give a shout out to the favorite jellyfishes in your life. Um, you get on a podcast a lot of different ways, this podcast. We've kind of literally, there's no science behind it. I literally just end up booking people that usually I end up talking to throughout the week. But then every once in a while, somebody will come along and throw their hat in the ring. And that is exactly the case with this week's guest, Justin Hamner. An Elite Series rookie last year, finished second in the Rookie of the Year race, qualified for the Bassmaster Classic, and literally called me out in a social media saying he missed me and he wanted me to book him on this podcast. So that's exactly why we're booking him right now. I mean, don't think, if you want something, I mean, this is not Oprah Winfrey. This is not the secret, but it kind of is. If you want something, Put it out in the universe, and it just may happen. This is one of those somethings. Let's welcome him in right now. Elite Series Pro and Bassmaster Classic Qualifier, Justin Hamner. All right, Justin, people get on this podcast in a lot of different ways. Uh, but but you really, you got on it the most impressive way, if you ask me. You just <laughs> trash-talked your way into it. You basically said, book me on this podcast and made your followers uh, tag me on, on booking you because... I cannot be browbeat. I made sure I waited a little while, but uh, it, it worked. Hey, as, as long as it worked. I mean, job well done, right? <laughs> got to do what you got to do in this industry. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it, it worked. And uh, and you're here now. So, so, so what did you want to talk about so much? Or are you just hungry for exposure at this point? Uh, I am hungry for exposure. <laughs> but I mean, Always. anytime you get to talk with you, come on. I mean, those like three seconds when you're rushed through the stage, cross the way in stage. I mean, it's just try to blurb something out real quick. No, it's not enough to talk with you. 
All right. Well, okay. Well, we got we got all sorts of time here now, so we could talk about all sorts of things. Happy Halloween. Yes, it was Halloween. Did you have a good Halloween? Oh, yeah. It was it was wonderful sitting here at the house with a sick kid, sick wife, uh, sick me. So yeah, it was a blast. Well, what so what do you how was your Halloween? How did how did you it was get wonderful. All that off of your face so quick? Oh, Captain Spaulding. Uh, that <laughs> um, that that was a mess. I'm be honest. Three freaking. Cha- I, I mean, my wife started with some wipes or whatever, but it was just wasn't enough. I mean, we were dealing with a whole different level of makeup and a whole a lot cheaper. I bought the makeup at a dollar store. I'll be honest. I went out shopping myself, <laughs> and I, and I realized the difference because when my wife takes off her makeup, I mean, it's just a little wipe and it's done. But uh, it took uh-huh. literally three freaking showers but people kept telling me since i grew a beard people told me i looked like that dude captain spaulding so i just embraced it did, did you think i looked good I, it kind of scared me a little bit not gonna lie it was intense a little scary it, it was good though it was good so you guys you guys dressed up as sick people what what are you ailing with? yeah I we crushed that too bugging you <laughs> no it's all good my little girl she's uh she had uh i think it's called rsb something like that. And of course, give it to us. So it's just been a fun little, you know, about week, week and a half. So it's all good. We're, we're on the downhill slide of it now. You're, you're, uh, you're not your, I mean, I don't know what your average elite series rookie is anymore. I was about to say, you're not the average elite series rookie, but you might be really, you know what I mean? When you look at it, 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 the super young guys straight out of college is still, not the norm you know what i mean it's guys i think you're right around 30 aren't you yeah i'm 30 years old and uh you know i wish i could have gone the college route because i mean that's just such an awesome opportunity those guys have these days but you know i was a little bit different i, I had to get out there and go to work i couldn't couldn't afford doing the whole college thing and um yeah finally decided it was time I, now or never basically for trying to fish the opens and go through all that but Trying to do two jobs, you know, while going through the opens. It was fun. <laughs> I'm glad we're here. How did you overcome so many? Because right now there is tons of people listening to this that are like, yeah, I got a kid and and I'm married and I have all those responses. But there's no way I can figure out, you know, you I'm sure you hear it all the time. I, I can't you can't oh. do it unless you have this, this and this. And, and I look at everything you've got on you pressure wise. How, how are you able to do this? Uh, I have no idea. First of all, how or why I even tried. Because <laughs> it was brutal. I ain't going to lie. So I was working at the University of Alabama. I had a good, stable job. Uh-huh. Um, been there for five or six years. And it got to the point where they wouldn't let us, you know, do the overtime deal to be able to have time off anymore. So it was kind of the point where it's like, well, if I want to do it, I've, I've got to leave here, got to go out on my own so I can have the time off. And um, so what I did was actually found out my wife was pregnant. And um, so she was having the baby that April. My last day was with the university was March 31st. And this was my first year of trying to, you know, fish all the opens and do this deal. So I literally just left the university, started my own lawn care business and um, kind of doing that on the side while I was pouring concrete kind of for my day job. And um, it was it was brutal. But, hey, I don't know how, but we managed to get through it. And 
it was it was tough because I'm you know not coming from money and so that's not just a, a luxury I guess I get to have but makes you makes you really once you accomplish it it really means a lot I mean I'm sure it does for everybody but and we put in some work to get here so how scary was that I mean, just just awful. that feeling of being like, <laughs> you know, it's scary to fish the elite series as it is. You know what I mean? Like to roll yeah. into this and even the opens. But 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 to put all the things that you have on your plate, you know what I mean? At the time, baby on the way, you know what I mean? Like how sca- you must have been scared shitless. Oh, it was terrible. I mean, thank God I've got best wife. I know everybody says it, but for her just to, you know, she was behind me 100 percent just. Hey, let's let's go do it. Go after it. So, she was a big help, and dude, it was it was a grind. I mean, there was there was tournaments that fishing opens where I was just begging to get a check just so I could make it back home because I was I didn't have nothing. <laughs> it was it was rough. So, uh, hey, we put it through it. The business started rolling. You know, everybody needs their grass cut. I guess. So yeah, helped a ton, and it was just work. I, there's no other way around it. It was nothing but work. Is that still something you do? The grass cutting business? Is that something that, that you still actively do when you're not yep. competing in the leads? So when you uh, messaged me this morning, I was actually cutting the yard then. I was like, heck yeah, I got to drop this. I'm gone. So. <laughs> <laughs> Screw the grass. It's doing a it. podcast. Uh-huh. It's way more important. I got to talk to Dave. <laughs> <laughs> Who cuts the grass when you're at events? Do you have buddies that help out or do you do your customers just understand at certain times of the year the grass is just going to be unruly uh, yeah, pretty much so luckily you know this year our, <laughs> it always looks good what are you talking about I'm, I'm, it's amazing i'm sure no. i'm sure so um i did i had to drop a few clients this year so i kind of organized it to where luckily for this year's schedule you know we kind of had a week being gone fishing tournament and then we would have a break so we yeah. only had you know the one time it was back to back so i really had to drop a few clients and kind of work it out to where i could be gone for a week come back cut them off so really uh just have a full week of work so yeah. so let and they're pretty understanding <laughs> evidently evidently i'd be all over you dude i mean i would be of those if that isn't edged properly i'm i would be all over you that's but, the thing when i get back and after i get my work done i mean they see how amazing it is because i can cut some grass <laughs> might not be able to fish like good all the time i can cut grass um is was it ever an option of not making it you know what no. I mean? Because I say that to people and I really do believe that's something that pros need to have. You need to have that chromosome or whatever in your brain that just says, I'm going to make it one way or another. This is what I'm going to end up doing. And and I know from the age that I was, you know, 15, younger, grade five, I think was when I first started saying, I'm going to fish for a living. But I never, ever thought of an option of it not coming true. It was just, well, if it doesn't go through this route, we'll have to go through that route and figure yep. out a way to get there. Is that how your brain worked, too? It, yeah, I don't know what it is about us. We're, we're messed up or something. <laughs> but no, it was never. A, not, there was, I mean, everything I've done, even, you know, before leaving the university, everything was, how can I set this up to be able to go after this one day and I mean, I felt like 
I got to do it now, or it, I know it's going to be even tougher after, you know, start having a family and kids and things like that. So I just jumped all in, but yeah, there was, there's not another option. And if you feel like you got to have a fallback or something like that, it's where a lot of guys struggle because it's, <laughs> I know it's weird to say, but you have to go all in or you can't compete with these guys. I totally agree. And, and I, and I feel like in, my own business past, I did the same, you know what I mean? I once had a job and, and but it wasn't until I left that job and like literally said that we're making a living, whether this works or doesn't work, we're going to go broke doing it. Uh, yeah. Having that fallback, you're just, you're kind of scared. So you're not willing to, you know, put everything into it that you need, but when there's no other option, there's no other option. So we got to make this work. <laughs> You grew up fishing tournaments with your dad and, and, uh, you know, my dad introduced me to fishing, but it was never at a higher, you know what I mean? It was just fishing. It was just right. sometimes you catch one, sometimes you don't. And I kind of just got obsessed with the sport and learned through other ways, but having a dad that you competed with in tournaments, is he kind of like a stage mom now? Like, is it like in Canada, we call them puck dads that are like the hockey dads. Does, does, does he light you up if you don't catch him? Or what is the conversation like after a good oh. day versus a bad day? Uh, it's the same either way. Why didn't you throw a Carolina rig? <laughs> That's all he ever says. <laughs> no, he's, he's good. He really is. I mean, he's completely supportive of everything I do, obviously. But, yeah, he's – it can be a little harsh sometimes. I mean, we'll go out fishing. And right now his big kick is you've got to stop staring at that pan optics, just getting <laughs> on to me about that. You don't power fish enough. Yeah. No, he's, he's kind of got that happy medium, but there's always something to complain about. He's a dad. So. It's also got to be pretty cool to have a dad that understands <laughs> your dream, though. Like there's a lot of people, that, you know, it doesn't matter whether it's fishing or something else that it, you're – I mean, I had to tell my parents what the Bassmasters was. I had to tell my parents, like, it wasn't. But if your dad, I mean, there's got to be, it's got to be a lot of support around that as well. Oh, absolutely. He knows how big this is. And like you say, when a lot of people, you try to explain, yeah, I fish professional bass fishermen. And they're just, okay, weirdo. But uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> my dad's in 100%. He's followed, you know, he's the one that got me into the tournament fishing, like you said, and this is this is a dream come true for him, probably as much as it is for me. Another guy that gets a front row seat to your elite series experience is, is Patrick Walters, your your roommate, the guy you travel with. Why why do you guys travel together? Uh, I think it's because I'm just so good looking; it just draws everything <laughs> in. I don't know. Your look, <laughs> it's gotta be. No, I have no idea. So. I guess how we met was through a friend back in the day. He was um, fishing an open that was at Logan Martin and he'd never been there. And it's like, Hey, you know, I got a buddy that's coming down. His name's Patrick. You want to go out with him? Like, yeah, let's do it. And it was, I compared it to that like stepbrothers moment where pretty much <laughs> looked at each other. Did we just become best friends? <laughs> yep. <laughs> so, I mean, it, we hit it off. I don't know. It's like polar opposites of everything we do he is so geared up wide open just like no patience whatsoever i'm laid back just couldn't care less you know just go with the flow and i it's so weird how we just kind of started noticing we because you know at first fishing the opens we weren't really 
sharing information and doing all that. And the night before our first open fishing, you know, as we were staying together, yeah, we got to talking that night before, like, hey, you know, where are you going to start? Oh, probably going to start, you know, this area. Oh, yeah, that's where I'm going to start too. What what part of that area? It's like, well, I'm going to be over here. So he's like, well, we're exactly over there. I was like, well, there's a buoy over there. I'm going to be close to this one buoy. <laughs> It's like, well, that's where I'm starting at. <laughs> and sure enough, like both of us start there. We're the only two boats around for like, you know, nobody else around. And how we ended up started like every tournament is like, no matter what we did, not talking to each other, we started coming to these came, same conclusions about, you know, kind of getting dialed in on the same stuff. And it really just kind of took it from there where we started talking and opening up and, breaking down these bodies of water so much quicker and i don't know our fishing styles are stupidly similar similar i don't know how like i said it's like polar opposites and then we'll come to the same thing i mean it's 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 nuts there was a tournament this year at the it was the sabine we were both catching on something different just like completely different areas and uh we get back after day one and we're like yeah something changed we ended up I ended up having to catch mine on a, a wacky rig. What did what did you do? And he's like, "Shut up! That's the only thing I could catch them on was a wacky rig." <laughs> he's like, <laughs> "We haven't caught a fish on it in the entire practice." You know, didn't neither one of us even have one tied on? I think. And then I don't know. It's just it's funny how that works. But we've hit it off good, and this is his him and his family are so supportive, and they've helped me out so much. I mean, great staying people. with them. Yeah, they really are. You know, really it, are. him letting me stay several tournaments, you know, in his little truck camper on the couch and, uh, <laughs> you know, doing what we have to do to get by. So can't thank them enough. That's for sure. You mentioned stepbrothers. So I, I got to take it there. If one <laughs> of you had to put your testicles on the other's drum set, who would be putting the testicles on the drum set and who would be owning the drum set? I did that to his jerk bait box and it just, <laughs> escalated from there <laughs> my word wow could you imagine people would be bringing their jerk uh, boxes to you everywhere just oh yeah absolutely <laughs> that's the, like the stamp of approval oh my, wow that is a whole different stamp of approval that i thought i'd ever hear <laughs> what why does he call you cricket yeah i daryl gleason uh we're probably gonna get in a fight next time i see him over that one i don't know why you and Daryl uh, Gleason are going to fight? Just, I love Daryl. I'm just, that's all a joke. But he come up with that just random out of nowhere, and I have no idea what it means or what it's about, but it's cricket. So we're just going to have to make sure that doesn't stick, though. All you right. know anybody. <laughs> I'll, I'll see what I can do. I'll see what I can do. Uh, one thing Patrick did talk to me about, he says you're not, you're not a good um, chef. He says you don't have very good cooking skills and you once tried to boil cheese filled hot dogs for him. Is I that true or is that know. all a total lie? I have no idea what you're talking about. Next question. All right. I'm sorry. I guess I got, <laughs> I got bad, we were, bad info. <laughs> we were at Pickwick and, uh, you know, it's, we're practices. The last thing you want to do after practice is start cooking and doing all this. Well, he's usually the one that does it. We'll, kind of like crock pot something and it'll be ready when we get back well we didn't have anything ready for that night and 
it was it was just kind of a rush. I was like, don't worry, I got this. I go to Dollar General thinking I'm just gonna get some hamburger meat and some hamburger helper because that's my specialty. I can I can cook that. And uh hamburger meat, solid frozen, couldn't thaw it out, you know. Long story short, I get some cheese hot dogs and they were probably the worst thing. I just gagged in my mouth when you mentioned that. It was rough. <laughs> Did you really do that just so they would not ask you to cook anymore? Uh, that's between me and you. All you right. Talk about that. All right. I, I, I guarantee you one thing. They haven't asked again. So. <laughs> you might just be the smartest guy ever. You're well, welcome. <laughs> what, was, what was it like to join the Elite Series? You hear people talking about... I was intimidated to this person or that person. What was what was your first day, first week at the office like? What, what, what do you have any moments that you remember from that? Um, so many. Uh, so first day, first elite series tournament. You know, I was one of the guys. Me and Patrick were we were locking over to Rodman, and yeah. So I already knew we were kind of limited on time, and y'all hit us with the fog delay that lasted till like ten o'clock. And this just is so you first. know, we we did not hit you with said yeah, fog delay. I, I know the fog came it. and we just told you you're not allowed to go. That's all. We we just reacted to yeah. situations. Well, it, it it worked out real good. <laughs> Perfect timing, I can tell you that. So yeah, we're sitting there till I mean it was like 10 o'clock, I think. Yeah. And I literally had nothing else other than locking up to Rodman. So I'm trying to do the math in my head. We we have to lock back down at like 115. So I'm thinking, you know, okay, if we go through this, everything goes smoothly, I'll have an hour and 15 minutes to fish. And um, I have nothing else. Let's do it. And that was enough at, in your head? Like, or go. you're just like, it's what we got. I mean. Pretty much is what we got. I knew I could <laughs> catch fish. Like, if you put me up there for an hour, I felt like yeah, I felt better uh, catching them there than anywhere else. I can say okay, sure, okay. But um, yeah. So you talking about nervous? Holy <laughs> crap! I mean, yeah. I, I mean, I wasn't really that in as far as intimidated by anybody. I mean, you know, these guys obviously they're the best in the world. I'm glad Hackney didn't. I didn't run into him that first day because that would have been a whole different level. That that dude does intimidate me. I don't does know. he? Them, cra- them crazy eyes. I mean, it's just he, does. he puts he those eyes side. on you. Gets yeah, side eye going <laughs> on. He can be scary. <laughs> it's it was funny, but it was really more of just like a just awestruck. I mean, these are the guys I've looked up to my whole life, and when we were actually locking up, um, it was it was crazy. I mean, so I pull in to the lock, and John Cox is right there, and I like well i'll just pull over here real quick pull up to him and then jason christie pulls <laughs> up on the <laughs> this is insane so uh that was fun that was that was fun i lost you at christie there i think somebody's trying oh to i'm sorry you. okay so so, yeah, so cox is on one side of you christie's on the other yep and then swindles tied up to him so, uh, like, what what's even happening right now? And, yeah. I mean, just getting to sit there and talk and, you know, just shoot the bull with those guys and stuff like that, that that itself, you know, five years ago would have been, like, 
somebody tell me I would be doing that, I'd have just been good. I can die happy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I imagine since then things have changed and you've decided you need bigger goals in life. What is the goal for you? I mean, what, what this dream, is it just to make a living or, or is it to be a classic champ as being an angler of the year to be all of the above? What, what, what is the dream in your head? There's no doubt. I mean, I feel like I kind of sold myself short this year because I was just so worried about, hey, let's just let's make the classic. That's that's what I've, you know, always dreamed about wanting to do. But, you know, I've, I didn't take some of the chances of swinging for it. And really, that was some of my worst tournaments were trying to play it safe and things like that. So, yeah, absolutely. My, my goal is 100 percent to win the classic. I mean, that's what we come here for. That's what this is all about that and blue trophies. I mean, I can't wait to get back started. It's like, once you get that kind of freaked out of, Hey, you, you can compete with these guys, you know, I'm, I'm here. Let's show them what we're all about. So, and really like that second half of the sea or the Northern swing, it was like just a weird relaxing, you know, we had a good reset of about a month, month and a half yeah. for that Northern swing and could really take a, t take a deep breath and think about things. And Hey, let's, I don't know what you're doing, trying to play it safe. Let's just go here and try to win these things. And, uh, that was it. That's, and there's no doubt that's going to be my mindset for now on. Uh, I'm going to win to win. That, that, you know, there's no more fishing for paychecks. No, I mean, the yeah, I needed the money so bad yeah. this year, and that did play a lot of role into it because I, I mean, I didn't have the money to even <laughs> pay for the next tournament sometime until I'd cash a check, so that, that's how I had to pay for the season. And uh, this year, I can't be thankful enough. Sponsors have really stepped it up and built some really good relationships with them. And, you know, we got everything paid for for next year. I think we got all expenses covered. So now it's time to just go out there and go have fun and start relax a little bit. But we're going to go swinging. Is that the most unfair thing about the sport of fishing? When you think about it, you know, I always say, I mean, even if you're making league minimum and you're a pitcher in baseball, you're making way more money than anybody in most likely your grade school. <laughs> you know what I mean? And and probably your high school. I mean, league minimum in major league baseball is pretty good. So the D Ian, even if you're pitching against the guy who's making $20 million, neither of those two athletes ever think of money while they're competing, but in fishing, just the way the sport is set up. I mean, you can't help not, thinking about it is that one of the toughest things to overcome in our sport just the weight of the risk the gambles i i definitely think it is for most folks i mean I, there's there's so many guys that i feel like either got cut short in their career that you know has these opportunities and it's it's hard i mean it is brutal out there especially trying to provide because you're trying to provide for our family you know and that's by far my number one goal. And the only reason I would ever quit fishing is if I couldn't provide for them because yeah. they are the most important thing. There's no doubt. I mean, fishing's my dream and everything, but if I can't provide for my family. There's, I'll, I won't do it, but absolutely. It, it, it makes it hard. 
it really does. And having that financial burden taken off, I mean, just a little bit this year, it, it's, I feel like it's going to make a world of a difference. It's huge. No doubt. It's huge. Just being able to just focus on the game, basically. Absolutely. Like now all you got to think about is what you got to do to get it done. Absolutely. If I could sell my lawn care business for about uh, about a hundred thousand, I think we'd be good. So anybody trying to sell it now, you you told me like 10 minutes ago, you told me how good you are at cutting grass. You're the best. I mean, without you, what's your lawn care business going to be? Just think if I could put that energy towards, you know, learning how to catch a fish though. Imagine damage. (laughs) Absolutely. But yes, luckily I did get to drop the concrete. (laughs) That one was brutal. I don't, I don't recommend anybody go that path. No, <laughs> no. Pouring concrete sucks. It, yeah. Mm. That doesn't seem like a fun job. It's, it's not fishing's better. I will okay. say that it's better. What are your best assets as an angler in your opinion? What's your strength in your head? You had to have some strengths where you're like, I can make the elite series. I can compete here because I got this, this, and this that other people probably don't. Uh, consistency and and that's what was so weird about this year is that like I was I really feel like I had a terrible year honestly but um glad I made the classic uh <laughs> but being consistent I mean I've always been the guy that I might not knock everyone I'm out of the park but I'm gonna be in the hunt and that's kind of just been my deal I'm I'm not scared to drop whatever pattern or whatever deal I thought I had during practice I'll scrap something in a heartbeat just go with the flow, whatever. Um, don't care. I'll fish new water. I'll do anything. <laughs> so what, I don't know. What, I feel like that's really helped me. What was the biggest mistake you made in your rookie season? That maybe even trying, it might, it might, what's that? I definitely trying to make whatever deal I had in practice work when it just, just wasn't hold on too long. Mm-hmm. Thinking I was, you know, oh, if I could, I just got to keep doing this. They're around here somewhere. Uh, you know how it goes. Not being as open-minded as I've always been my whole life. And all of a sudden I get on the biggest stage and I'm just like <laughs> narrow-minded. Oh, I got to do this. And this is, yeah. So I definitely got to fish more free. Apart from the people that you room with and, and spend time with on the road, who was the most welcoming on the Elite Series? You know, somebody that you didn't kind of know before this all started, but who who was the most welcoming in the Elite Series, or was anyone? Yeah, I, it was one of the coolest things. It was Polinick. Dude pulled straight up. As soon as I dumped my boat the first that first morning, I mean, he literally, like, kind of zigzagged through a few boats and came straight towards me and, like, hey, dude, just – when I introduce myself, you know, if you ever need anything, and uh, that that was awesome. I mean, that that really did mean a lot to me. That was cool. Were you like, oh yeah, never heard of you? Yeah, that's what he he says his name. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I think I do know who you are. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, he was good though, and you know, followed up throughout the season. He'd always make a point to talk to me and stuff like that. So that that was awesome. Yeah, he's a, he's an amazing, amazing little man. Amazing. Uh, <laughs> he can catch them too. Gosh, and and that's kind of the thing that you hear from everybody after they spend a season on the elite. So just like these guys catch them everywhere we go. Like there's no that thought of maybe I've got them good enough. It, 
it almost mm-hmm. is never you've never, never got them good enough no matter how good you got them it seems and the the best ones are when you think you did pretty good and feel like okay i might not be like leading it but i'll probably be in front. and then you come back and like like four for example go out there and catch 20 pounds it's like yeah i know it's fork i'm not gonna be leading the tournament but should be in the top 15 20 something like that i wasn't like I don't even know if I was in a check range, 20 pounds. Like, who are these people? Yeah, no, it, it's, it's insane. It, it's pretty incredible, you know, stop after stop, no matter, and no matter what the conditions are, you know, it, you guys will yeah. say, oh, it's going to be tough. I mean, the, but it's still, it, it is, it, it blows me away. Do you have the level of commitment it takes to make it on the Elite Series long term, do you think? You know what I mean? Because really, like, if you look at somebody like Brandon, he has literally hostaged his entire <laughs> life. Like, that's the only thing that matters. I think, I mean, I think he had a two-week honeymoon he's on right now. But other than that, he has spent every hour, it seems, of every waking day trying to figure out how to catch a bass. Do you have that kind of same kind of drive in you? There's no doubt. This is what I want to do. And, I mean... I don't know if I'll be able to Rick clun this thing because that is just an animal on a different level. But uh yeah, there's there's no doubt. This is this is what I want to do. And I'm I'm learning so much this year. I mean, because I did not know the fishing industry side of things, you know, the whole business side, and you hear everybody talk about that. But dude, I was clueless. Didn't I didn't have any relationships of like, hey, if I make it to the elites, you know, can we get this going? No, it was like a December, I think, 15th or 12th, whatever it was, when I found out I qualified after the last Open. Hey, you got a month and a half. Get after it. So I'm just calling people like crazy, just trying to figure this out. And uh, But, yeah, learning that business side of things this year has been just huge for me, and I know how important, like, the social media thing is. And that that's where I've been, you know, kind of out of it before and really – trying to push because I know that making in the sport, you, you've got to do this other stuff. And I, I can't be happier with the relationships I've started building this year on that end of things and really working with some good companies. So I'm excited and we're definitely going to make it. It's part of what is part of what I saw with you reaching out to me to be on this show and, and you've done a bunch of other shows and, and you're even doing a deal with Jeffries where you're going to be uh, Jeffries and Panger Fast Talk Live, I think you're going to be doing it before each event. Is, yep. is that is that part of your business plan? Like, was that, okay, once the offseason comes, I'm going to reach out to all these people and I'm going to make sure they don't forget my name. Absolutely. I want every exposure. I'm not turning down anything. I don't care if it's some kid in his basement wants to do a podcast with three views. Let's go. I mean, you know, any any exposure i can get i feel like is is better i mean i don't know if i'm that interesting of a guy or anybody even cares about me but (laughs) my god they're gonna get to see me (laughs) well and i and i think you are that interesting guy because you are i mean everybody i think watching this right now says like i know a guy just like him he's the exact same as him and the only difference is you had the you, you the ability and the good fortune to qualify, and you had the ability and the guts to go and kind of follow that dream. I mean, that's really the the, the biggest difference 
between most people. I mean, it, you you'll hear it in comments here. People will be, well, I'd like to do that, but and and you're looking at a guy who you know, I, as far as I've told, this isn't just you. I mean, you've had a lot of support from people that live around you. Like you, you literally. You became a GoFundMe basically for them, correct? I, I literally did. I had, I mean, and we called it Team Tuscaloosa oh, cool. where it, it was, I mean, yeah, you're, you're going to get me all choked up on that. Um, I, they had, there was guys at the boat ramp that would come up, like we were fishing a Saturday wildcat and just hand me 20 bucks just for like, hey, I know it's not much, but I, I hope this helps. And it, and it did. I mean, it, it really did, but having guys in this community that reached out and did that it it was huge there's there's no way i could have done it i I didn't get a single dollar of well i take that back with buck and bass i got like very small paycheck last year so (laughs) in the fishing industry that, that was the only money that i got and literally everything else was friends and just the community around here that's that's i wouldn't have made it pretty awesome and i would imagine also a motivating factor you know what i mean like if somebody even a corporate sponsor showed up and said hey here's this much but when it's people and you see those people day after day i mean i imagine that when you're like i want to get off the water i've done enough of this it's it's got to drive you a little more to know that old man jeffries or i not Mark Jeffries. I mean, <laughs> I'm just talking about yeah, he can old man Jefferson or whoever uh, gave you 20 bucks. I mean, I just feel like that. That's a cool, you know, thing to have in the back of your mind to continue. Not that you needed more motivation, but to continue to push you knowing that your whole community is behind you. Absolutely. And it's, it's so cool. It's like, I don't know if I'm representing them. I'm, I mean, that whole deal, but that's the kind of the way I think of it in my mind. It's like, cause there's so many guys around here that would be in my same shoes fishing wise, the quality of fishermen we have around here. I mean, it's, it's insane, but yeah, I definitely, I want to hold this show that whatever I can do, cause those are the guys that have my back. And uh, I know I'm not personally giving back to them, but I want to represent them the best I can. That's for sure. Who was your fishing idol growing up? Oh, man. That was, <laughs> I did a report. I think it was in like the se- second grade, something like that. On <laughs> It was on Jay Ellis, of who our role model was. So I know my teacher didn't have a clue what I was talking about. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's something, you know, my mom saved it. And, you know, my little old whatever, seven-year-old handwriting, you can't even read. But yeah, talking about Jay Ellis, he's he's such a, a good Christian guy. That's uh, he's been such a good advocate for the sport and just such a personal guy. So he was definitely one of them. And then, I'm assuming you've told that story to Jay. I, I have not actually. Oh wow! <laughs> I I talked to him very little, and uh, yeah, I don't I don't know. It was like one of those guys. I never this entire season was like a one-on-one thing other than like just going by him on the trolling motor before takeoff. It was like, never got to talk to him, man. We're going to make that happen. <laughs> yeah. Well, once this story gets out here, I mean, it has to happen really. Oh, I mean, another uh, funny one was, uh, was Bill Lowen. So I fished the junior 
you know, nation stuff growing yeah. up and won the state championship. So um got to fish the what was it, the junior world championship. Uh-huh. And um Bill Lowen was the pro that took me out when I was like 14 years old, something like that. Well, we were sitting at a gas pump and he pulled up right beside me. It was up at uh Champlain. And uh, I was like, do you remember me at all, Bill? And he just looked at me. He's like, no, why? I was like, you know, you, you took me out on Logan Martin, you know, whatever in that junior championship. And he just like, Oh my God. You know, that, that was a pretty cool moment. So he, he definitely, he remembered it then. <laughs> it's pretty- made him feel old, I guess is what he said. Well, of course that's gotta be your reaction, but it's also like, it shows you how much those things matter. You know what I mean? Like, because let's be honest to a pro angler taking part in that event. Um, that literally means you didn't do good that week. Let's be honest. You know, you know what I mean? Like they didn't make the cut. Um, and, and you, you know, you, you're being asked by somebody to take part in this. And it seems like, I think at times it could seem like, well, you know, I'd just rather go home or do whatever. And Lowen is one of those guys that I'll tell you, man, there's certain guys that are always throwing their name up. And Lowen is definitely one of those guys, but it's cool to see that all these years later, you know, man, it, he changed your life probably by, you know, maybe, maybe you wouldn't have done this, would have done this, but, but, but to compete against those guys and to see how it can change things is amazing. And some of the people you brought up, you, you know, like you bring up clun, like, Clun is you plus 40 years. Like when you see the energy he puts out in the dock, it's that's insane. You know what I mean? Like, I I don't even know how he does that. I I don't either. And back to like the first tournament you were asking about. So we're fishing at Rodman and it was, I think it was on like day two and I'm going down a stretch and it was like a little Island and lily pads coming around he comes around the other side and it's just like, he just kind of comes through the trees. And I, I just, I just stopped and just, I mean, I, I stopped fishing for a minute. I just had to watch him. It's just like, what? This is so cool. I was just, I wanted him to catch one so bad right there in front of me. <laughs> <laughs> he it is. He's amazing. And it, he does have a majestic presence around him. That's for sure. And it was just, like, he was burning that. Sp- I mean, it was just so cool. And, and that, he was coming through there 90 miles an hour, burning that spinner bait, just like wide open. It's like, how do you do that? I mean, I <laughs> uh, he, he, uh, he's an amazing, amazing man, but that's, that's what I love about the elite series. There's so many amazing stories. Uh, and some of them are fabled and, and, I don't know how to get out of this and not call Rick Lund real old, but been around for a long time. <laughs> um, and some of them are just starting like yours. Uh, what would you like people to remember about you, regardless of what, what, what you win in this sport? What, when people talk about you when you're done in this sport, what, what would you like them to say? Obviously, my good looks. Um, yeah. That's first. Sure. Not, always. That's always yeah, first. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I just want to, I want to be one of those guys that like you hear so much like Gussie, everybody's, I mean, the first thing anybody says is that's just a good dude. You're not going to run across a guy that has a bad word to say about Gussie. I mean, he's just that good of a dude. So I hope I can, you know, definitely leave with that. But, uh, 
So I want a lot of trophies. Like I want all the trophies. I don't want my wife's painting behind me. I want like Did your wife paint that? Picture. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to get brownie points. Oh wow, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Yeah. But you'd like to knock that thing off the wall and replace it with a trophy. (laughs) Yes. If I could uh, actually afford like to have my own fishing room and that whole cool setup, that'd be great. But you know, (laughs) well, absolutely. I mean, but there'll be a time. Maybe we'll look back at this footage and you awkwardly giggling and giggling about your fishing room and be like, wow, it's not awkward anymore. Cause uh, I mean, hard work. And and putting yourself out there is all it takes, and you've definitely done that. Uh, that's that's the one thing I'm not scared of. If it's if the the working is the easiest part for me, I ain't scared of the hard work. It's the building this social media platform. I mean, I just joined TikTok, so I'm pretty famous now. What are you doing on but, TikTok? Are you doing like dances and stuff, or what? Yeah, what? All dances. That was the stripper pole comment. Uh, oh, hit you wow. With I thought you were joking. You really you, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, no dances. So I don't know. I'm still trying to figure out how to use this thing. First of all, all right. But, uh, well, if you see me dancing, then something bad wrong happens. <laughs> <laughs> something real bad. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, we will check out all of your social media and give you a follow. Justin Hamner, uh, I appreciate you being here on our show. And uh, you could have just texted me or reached out to me rather than trash talk me in front of your nope. followers. But, hey, it worked. So This got way better of a response than a simple text. That's what everybody does. <laughs> You're, right. You're right. You're right. Hey, um, you got to go cut somebody's lawn. I'll talk to you later. <laughs> I really appreciate you having me on. Anytime you need somebody, just let me know. I'll drop that weed eater for you. All right. (laughs) I appreciate it. Thank you very much. And we'll see you very soon. He may have trash talked his way onto the show, but I'd say he was another great guest with some great stories. And I hope you guys have a great week. Remember, enjoy being. Thanks for watching. Please like, comment, and subscribe. Because Bob Cobb of the Bassmasters told you to. You hear?